Hello and welcome to the Mentality Podcast. Myself and Stevie were joined by rugby league legend James Graham on this episode. James has played for St. Helens. He was Man of Steel in 2008. He's won two Super League Grand Finals, three Challenge Cups. Over in Australia, he played for the Canterbury Bulldogs, reaching two NRL finals. He played for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. He's got 44 caps of England, nine caps of Great Britain. And yeah, he's going to go down as one of the greatest forwards of all time. We talk about his career, his life after the sport, and both Stevie and James had a good discussion about concussion, what the game can do, the reality of knowing that there are potential health implications versus the life it lets you live and the successes and platform it gives you. And I think it makes a good companion podcast to the Willie Stewart episode we did of concussion. Quick disclaimer, there are a lot of references to the UK office in this episode, so there might be bits where you don't know what we're talking about. But hope you enjoy. This was a really interesting one. Jammer, tell me about the NRL, please, because uh, it's always been something I've been uh, interested and in, fascinated about. Um, B- before you do that, mate, like this is a story Steve told me once. I don't know if it's true, but he was coming up in the youth ranks in 2011 and obviously broke into Leeds team in 2012. And he said to me, that was one of the reasons why you left. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was shitting myself about this prospect. <laughs> Um, obviously Stevie played in the middle so um, my cards are marked so I wanted to get as far as as possible I'm glad I'm glad that's been confirmed yeah the fear of an 88 kilogram second roller uh, slash slash standoff coming up did you play a bit did you play a bit of six Uh, yeah yeah, just a bit just a bit (laughs) just a a bit came onto the scene as a six and then um, sort of realised that I could tackle the fuck out of people and uh, you know made it into the back row so strong and skillful a bloody eight yeah <laughs> I think that's, that's why we get on really I think you I think you were probably the prop forward that, that brought in passing as a prop did you <laughs> Ooh, I don't know <laughs> leave me out of it leave oh. me out of it <laughs> Oh. Under strengths, under strengths, James, you've um, you've put rugby league, <laughs> but that's your job. Mm. You've, you've you've put tip ons. Under strengths. <laughs> Come that's on, we're going to have to do a disclaimer stay at the start. Uh, there's going to be some office references. Can we can we hurry up? I am going to watch an episode of Pete pa- Pete practice. Pete practice <laughs> Just to repeat, um, yeah, mate. Tell me, tell me about the NRL. Um, I've uh, unfortunately I've retired too young to ever get out of there and, and experience it myself. But tell me about the differences um, and, and how you um, grew as a player um, in your time there, Paul. Yeah, so I, I get asked this question quite a lot about the differences, and I think um, the biggest difference is everything away from the field. So mm. there's a a 24-hour-a-day um, rugby league channel here, which I personally think is great. Um, it's it, it's the national sport alongside AFL. So, um, yeah, certainly in New South Wales and Queensland, it, you go to a, a cafe or whatever it is tomorrow and you pick up a newspaper. Um, the back, 
the back pages will be about what's happened in today's games. Um, obviously, in Victoria, it's a bit different with the AFL, but there's certainly a lot more hype around the game here. Fox Sports News will, you know, the lead story will generally be rugby league. Um, obviously, that's not just with the product on the field. Uh, the sort of off-field incidents will often find their way to the news cycle as well. Um, so the like for me personally as a whole, I think it's a, a good thing. I think rugby league should be the the main talking point. I like it that our game is is so important to so many people. Um, I feel like back home, it's yeah, well, it's, it's obviously not, is it? You know, the the sort of the only time. Um, you know, so well, thinking back in my time, the only time we were front page was when. You know the Sean Long and Martin Gleeson betting scandal. Um, it takes a scandal for for a, a big scandal for rugby league to be important. Um, but you know there are negative aspects of that as well, where you know some stories get blown out of proportion and magnified when there's a, a slow news day. Um, so that's. That's definitely the biggest difference, and along with that, become comes those responsibilities as a player, um, those you know weekly media commitments, um, you know, and but but with that as well comes some opportunities with with those media channels to to get some extra revenue for the players, and obviously for, for me, I've 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 looked into those opportunities, getting some things with the with with box sports and whatnot. So that's that's the main difference. Um I, I think it is everything that goes into it. And obviously that builds the pressure and expectation. Um you know you know your life away from the game. You know, if I was back I, I lived in, in Liverpool, so if if St. Helens won or lost, it, it it probably wasn't I, I'd never really think about where I was going about the especially after a defeat so over here if I lost I really wouldn't want to see anyone um, and, and be out in public but back in England I'd, I'd still be devastated obviously but I probably wouldn't have that sense of um, that sense of guilt about being seen out um, that you I felt sort of carried around over here um, on the field look I think there's probably a greater strength and depth here um, in terms of the playing rosters of most teams. Um, you know, I think it's easy for me to, I think the, the, the old thing is like, oh, the, the golf in class. But if you look at last year, Hall KR, they took St. Helens close in one game um for our home game, they beat Wigan, who ended up finishing, um, you know, league leaders. So that sort of debunks that argument. I think, I think the athletes generally are bigger here, and um, you have to wear them a little bit more. You know, it's in Australia because of the the magnitude of the sport. It obviously attracts more athletes, so their nurseries or playing pools or you know the potential for players to to, to pick athletes or players from and nurture them into first team players is greater here so that naturally improves the standard and we're obviously in England you know if 
if you're in Merseyside um, or Yorkshire, you know you've got plenty plenty of other more lucrative or lucrative options to to pursue as a, as a youngster. We're we're here. It's you know there's a there's a young kid there. Um, he, I think he's just signed for Sydney Roosters. He's he's 17 and he had you know he could have picked whatever sport he wanted to play, but he's mm. but he's chose rugby league with Sydney Roosters and. You know, he's been he's been rewarded for that financially because of the opportunities that the game presents over here. Where you know the likelihood of it is, if if you're you know a young kid in England that's athletically blessed, you know realistically you're probably not going to choose rugby league. Mm. Yeah, that's true, man. Mate, how did just uh, another slant on that question, right? How, the Saints team you were just in, how do you reckon they would have fared in the NRL if they played like a, a full season? Yeah, I, th- I, I think we'd have, we'd have gone good. I think um, I think there's enough quality there um, to compete. I think you know it it might have taken you know maybe two years to get used to it because it is a bit of a shock in terms of the level of intensity and collision week to week. That does take some adjusting. Um, but no doubt, with the talent in that St. Helens team, they would be competing, um, and there would, there's certainly enough talent there. And I would back that team to be, you know, pushing for the pushing for the playoffs. No doubt in my mind. Mm. Do you think? Do you think weather's a thing that that sort of changes the amount of skill that there is? You know, you think about preseason over here. There's there's loads of sessions that are canned because of snow or or whatever and, and if you go on grass it makes it a completely different ball game compared to if it's dry and the sun's on your back and you think that that, that has, a, has an effect at all? Yeah, I, I think it does. I, I, it plays a part environment um, where you're playing, where you're usually playing, um, mm. time with the ball, like attitude to wanting to be outside. You know what it's like, mate, when it's, in some of those preseason sessions, like you know, deep deep down, do the lads want to be there? And um, do they want to stay for longer and do extras? Where you know, o- over here, the, the the environment is a bit more appetising to get to training early and practice those you know those fine skills and an experiment with different ideas and you know even things you know you'd see halfbacks getting out and. You know, just seeing off oh, a kick the ball like this, and where will it bounce? And you know, just 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 playing with and toying with ideas. Where yeah, mate, you back home in in January or February, the thought of getting out there early is is it's just not appealing at all, is it? No, you're straight into warm up, aren't you? Like you're not you're not yeah. messing around. You're straight into warm up, straight on with the session, and then if yeah, when you fi- when you're finished, you you. You're sort of looking for the the exit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. For hot shower. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza uh, Express, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shower <laughs> Express. Um yeah, so we, we had a little bit of a chat, um, Jammer, not so long ago, mate, about um the fact that you're donating your brain to science. Um yeah. because of, of being a rugby league athlete and you know, you probably had a good amount of knocks to the head. Can you tell us a bit about the thinking around that, mate, and, and who it is you're donating it to? Yeah, so look, for me, um, I couldn't think of a good reason not to. 
Um, I, I know a few researchers. I know a few doctors in that field. Um, and they are crying out for um, they, they're crying out for brains, not just from um, people involved in contact sports, from all walks of life, because they need to. Um, they need more. They need a greater sample size in order to in in order to conduct more experiments. So no one no one could present me an argument as to why not to not to donate it. And um, for for me personally, I've been sort of it's it's a bit of a strange one. Like I, I've made some comments in the past about um about concussion and what I want to do in terms of playing on and, and things like that and had some thoughts around it. Um so it's sort of was a bit of a you know, if if, if someone was to be knocked out, sometimes I'd I'd get a phone call and to be asked about, you know, um aspects around brain injury and concussion. Um I, I spoke to a few people and I thought it'd be important for me to 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 make it public. Um a lot of people are private and and I respect that, but I thought for the greater good, it'd be it'd be better to make that that public and and sort of hope that um, some people would, um, you know, sort of um, you know, take that pledge themselves. I know I, I spoke to um, uh, one of the guys at the the Boston um, the Boston Brain Bank, and he was telling me um, how the the culture shift has happened in in, in America where X ex NFL players um originally when they, when they passed um it was a bit of a dreaded conversation so i think you need the brain um there's a, there's a relatively relatively short time frame in which um the brain is still valuable in order to conduct their tests what they need to do so but as you can imagine if someone passes the that phone call to to the family um they're obviously going a lot of suffering and, and, and trauma at losing a loved one but that phone call to say oh do you mind if we come and collect the brain would be a difficult phone call to make and and but because of the conversations around concussion and around um, brain injury um, and because of the attention that it gets over there he, he said that there's the shift now is that um the brain bank don't make the phone call. It's the families call the brain bank and say wow. player X has passed. Where do we send the brain? So um that was another thing that I thought was, was was really important to to have those conversations with the the people that are um you know my my loved ones to know that this is something that I want to do as well because you know death is you know, is is a difficult and um, you know, dicey subject to deal with, and when people are confronted with it, it it's hard to be asking for brains. So I, I wanted to have that conversation while I was alive, so that, that my loved ones know that if that happens, and um, yeah, well, whenever it does happen, that this is this is my wishes and this is what I want. Mm. And what were some of the, the the thoughts and and what you've localized, mate? Um, in the past about brain injury what what has your opinion shifted and changed or has it been pretty similar going through um my, my thoughts probably aren't too different but my words probably are um mm. 
and and obviously retiring, I've been quite reflective of of my career and 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 who I was. And there was there was probably a time where um I needed to be that guy and portray that image and try and have that reputation as someone that was um fearless and um probably didn't have a, a care and, and and sort of what that might have brought to me um but you know w- w- with not not just with our sport but in most decisions in life you you you, you pay a price for for what you do and no one no one gets to ride for free so um you know there's there's consequences to our sport and I'm I'm not a doctor I'm not a researcher um but I want to try and help those people protect people like us because I know what our game has has given me and what it's done for me and 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 where it's put me and the advantages in life that it's given me and not a way out by any stretch I was like I had a good childhood and all all that sort of stuff but this game's given me so much um and, and, and that, that's definitely true mate and like you mentioned the consequences but do you think that the game and I'm sure you've kind of alluded to this and it's probably why you're doing what you're doing with it with your brain but do you think the game can be better at protecting um the players uh, for example you mentioned that you kind of had a you know you've known as a ferocious kind of like never say die leader on the pitch so what I think is that if there's any issue with you getting a head knock, you're the last person who should be asked whether you should play. It should be taken yeah. completely out of your hands. Well, and I don't think that seems to be the case at the moment. Yeah, well, I think, so, yeah, I, I could speak about this for a long time. I think the main thing is, is, um, are you being deceived? Is there, is there any information available there that, a governing body would know is damaging you, but they're not sharing with you, the player. So you're not privy to that information. So if that's true, I think that's wrong. And um, so you should be, you should be aware for uh, of all the information available about the potential short, medium, and long-term risks of brain injuries, concussion, um, and what that means. And, Right, okay, we're going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but is there a one-size-fits-all with concussion? I would say no. Um, does that mean then there should be an overreach in the protection of players? The first thing that comes to my head is yes, and you go, okay, yeah, well, let's have an overreach of protection of players. So if you've been diagnosed with concussion, which, again, is very subjective, um that the, the, there's no um oh, the, the, there's there's no sort of um there's no biomarker test available that you can take that says okay well you are concussed or you're not but let's say you've been diagnosed with concussion um obviously we know the risks so let's let's have an overreach approach in terms of like okay a, a minimum 11 day return to play or a 14 day medical suspension, which is something that I know um, people are talking about in, in certain governing bodies. And, and yeah, you, your first reaction is like, yeah, well, that's, that's the right thing to do. Right. 
well, you know, we're protecting players from themselves. So I'll go back you, again, I'm talking about myself and my situation. We played the Catalan Dragons in the qualifying semi final to, to reach the grand final in my what turned out to be my penultimate game. After about 20 minutes, I had a um, whack in the nose. I, I broke my nose. Young, young Jack Wellsby clashed with me. Um, we, we, I, I go inside and actually failed the return to play protocol um, because I'd stumbled, so I wasn't allowed back on the field. Now, um, again, the diagnosis of a concussion is is subjective. Um, I personally, within myself, I felt like I was okay. Um, I've been there before. I didn't feel like I was concussed. Um, there was a balance test that I failed because, again, going back, I said I had a, I had a hip problem. Um, I had my boots on at the time performing this balance test. Uh, when I did my baseline test, I had my training shoes on. So technically, failed the concussion test. Okay, so let's go back a couple of steps. If you've got a medical suspension or a mandatory, um, you know, you, you can't return to play within 11 days. Do I miss that grand final? Um, and that's a real-life situation. This isn't a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, it, it's close to a hypothetical, but, you know, do, do you take that opportunity to play a grand final away from me? And then, and then also, not not just that. I I what I think that athletes need to be that, that one of the biggest issues with concussion is being honest about them and being open about them because I've had them. Be, I've had a concussion before where it, it's gone unnoticed by the medical staff, and this isn't an attack on the medical staff by any like it's not because I think to question their integrity is wrong. They have the athletes health at the is their primary concern there's no club doctor that cares about a coach's decision to take a player off this is just a false narrative that's being pushed by a few people when when it comes to this but i've what what i needed to do as a player if i receive a concussion is to be honest about it and i need to say to my doctor or the trainer i feel like i've got a concussion here but if i've got uh, if I, if I've got in the back of my mind a mandatory time off, does that encourage me to be dishonest? Mm. The, and and this is I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just saying like the, these are issues we need to think about before we jump to like knee jerk emotional responses to complex questions that need. A, a greater deal of discussion about it. Again, a lot of the time they they, they ask, you know, doctors and, and medical experts, and that they're the right people to be asking. They really are. But sometimes what works in the classroom doesn't work in the battlefield. Mm. Um, and these are just these important things to, to, to bear in mind. And, um, like I am not, I need to reiterate this point. I'm not discounting the severity of of what concussion can do and, and what it can lead to. Um, and you know, some people suffer some. Unfortunately, some you know, some people pay the ultimate price 
in playing a sport that playing a sport that they love on short term, medium term, and long term. But the, the, these are these are, like I say, the, I think these are very complex questions, and there probably isn't a one size fits all. And we need to be very careful with what our with with how we go about dealing with these. What personally I'd like to see is how we could, you know, minimise the risk of these concussions happening instead of, you know, looking at everything as a problem, offer some solutions. Yeah. I, I believe I believe there is scope for solutions. So greater research is is one in terms of finding some you know, is is there is there a biomarker that we could look for for a confirm a concussion, and b look for a recovery from concussion or a brain injury? The, the, I think that would be like that would be huge. Is is there a treatment path that we can go down? You know, I, I do know there's companies over here that are looking at um parts of cannabinoids. To potentially like using an inhaler for cannabinoids to to treat brain infl- inflammation, like CBD. And yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, and and, and 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 also using, you know, the the study of other drugs on on the effects of brain injury and and mm. reducing that inflammation. So, it is is that something we need to look at? I would say yes. Also, aspects of the game. So. Aspects of the game, playing it and promoting it. So you know, it's like a big game's coming up. The big hits promote the game. People like to see it. People like to see violence. Yeah, an NHL exhibition came to Australia and Sydney, and I know going. To, I went to watch it because I wanted to watch people fight. I, I didn't care about how many goals people scored with the puck and the skill of the athletes. You know, performing these. You know, for magnificent athletic ability on ice. I wanted to see people throw down and fight, and that's that's sometimes what people want. But okay, go back to rugby league, our sport, and um, things like kickoffs. There's a greater distance between uh, the collisions, so not in a usual tackle, it's ten meters apart. With a kickoff, a restart, players have got you know. Twenty thirty minutes to, to to wind up. Players are sprinting into them. Is that more or less likely to cause a brain injury? Well, you had that one where you flipping smashed heads with Sam Burgess, didn't you? Yeah, broke his cheekbone. But if that's yeah. a, you know, that yeah, that's one example. You, uh, you know, uh, researchers could look at yeah, where are where is the where's the greater likelihood of collision? to cause brain injury because not all collisions and not all tackles are equal. We look at our statutes. What do you know what it's like? You made 30 tackles this week. You missed, you probably know you, you missed six. (laughs) (laughs) Probably made about 50 actually. Yeah, but but they're not all created equally. So how, how do we, how do we go about keeping our product and everything that it brings to the public and the elevation of our lives of, the, of the, a lot of people within the game's lives without spoiling the product too much um, but making it safer for players. I, 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 I don't have the solutions or the answers necessarily. I have some ideas around it, but um, yeah, it, it's probably for people above my pay grade. It's going to take a lot of work in it. It's going to take a lot of um, thinking through. Um, we spoke to Dr. Willis Stewart, who's a neuropathologist mm-hmm. um, the other week. 
Jammer. En, um, slagging you off, Jammer. Slagging, <laughs> slagging you off. Slagging you off. <laughs> he, was saying, he was saying like some flipping brutal stuff. I'm always a sire, still getting migraines, dizzy, um, flipping, throw tantrums every now and then, all this sort of stuff. And he, uh, you know, he was brutal with the facts, really, about, you know, even the contacts that don't cause concussion, the subconcussive stuff. Um, that can cause damage, um, you know, after measuring footballers doing headers and not having any concussions over the course of three seasons, finding that they'd um, decreased in cognition and memory, um, mm. speed of memory, but also... Um, that was temporary, though, just to... Yeah, he said it was like after 20 headers, they had an impaired short-term memory, but it did come back. Yeah. But yeah, it just showed that there's some sort of subconcussive damage being done. There were three... There were the one with the three seasons where he'd found some stuff on scans, were it? DTI scans? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll probably have to get clarity on that. But yeah, the um, you know, there's that stuff that needs looking at. So mm. we need to decrease the, decrease the amount of contacts. You know, as you say, like if you're if you're a middle that plays eighty minutes, you could be making forty, fifty, sometimes mm. even sixty tackles nowadays. That's a lot of contacts. That and yeah. that's just in a game. You sometimes have the intensity of training on a Monday, which is full contact because mm. you want to do a bit more after doing. Um, Friday's game um, you'll do so for the week and then you're getting ready to do it again on the weekend it's a lot of bumping um, and uh, and a lot of knocks and it's probably that needs to be addressed um, the amount the amount of knocks and as you said the intensity mm. uh, I think every kickoff you're running 40 metres down three three quarters nearly sprinting and there's the biggest usually the biggest player on the field and you go in to tackle them and mate, I think 60-70% of them has been a massive collision and uh, mm. I felt a little bit dusty after them and you just you just crack on and you get on with it so mm. and it's like well what do, what do those ones mean and I'm interested yeah. to you know as you, Jammer as you will have felt so many times those sort of bell ringers or the yeah. three seconds you know looney tune mm. moments where you're like yeah. you sort of where am I what's going on and you're mm. in a bit of a dream and then you're carrying on and you're alright after that um, mm. But obviously, in my experience, I've had loads of them built up, and mm. concussions have took longer and longer yeah. to get better from. And and now mm. I'm coming over a year, so there's something that, that we definitely need to address. And you mentioned the biomarker there, Jammer, about um, so, um, bringing some objectivity to it. Um, and I'm speaking to people and trying to understand saliva testing. Um, yeah which is, is something basically where it, it measures um, something called microRNA, specific microRNAs yeah. in, in saliva, which is released from a zinc um, from the brain. And, and mm. if you have a, an amount over a normal amount, it means you've had a concussion. Yeah. And maybe the way to bring people back into the game is to, to measure that inflammatory response to bring it back down to the normal level again and then say, all right, mate, crack on, you, you know, you've got over the concussion and that's bringing a bit more order to it, I guess. Um, I think, as you know, as you said, concussion is flipping subjective, it's ambiguous, yeah. it's a clinical sort of measure. It's something where it relies on the honesty of the athlete, it relies on the awareness of it as well sometimes, which which is hard, which is really hard. Um and you know I'm I'm sort of the same. Like I think to make it in rugby, you, you, you can't have any sort of regard for your for your body or or your 
you know, your your brain in, in terms of you're leaving everything out there and yeah. you know, you're going well, for, to battle. For a lot for a lot of people, mate, mm-hmm. rugby is the be all and potentially end all that's it of their yeah. whole life. You know, and that, and and I know as a youngster, that's how I felt. And and that's how I was that's how I grew to be, where like I I was okay, you know, with I'm not going to betray betray my former self by saying it by by not saying this, but I, I probably didn't care what happened, and mm-hmm. um, like probably genuinely genuinely didn't. Um, like go, going back to a few points you, you made there, mate. Like in terms of the, the stuff with training and the concussions and sub concussions and collisions that happen in training, we all know the pressure that coaches are under. Um, you know, the, the more that pressure builds, you know, it's more training, more defense work. We'll get it right. We'll keep you up there for longer and longer and longer till you get it right. So I know in the NFL, their players association is strong enough to um, have a time on practice. And especially there's rules around when contact can commence and how many hours per week, I think it is, um, can can be contact can, is contact allowed which is I think I, I believe I'm led to believe it's it's all filmed and it's all sent to the RLPA so it's it's all checked there's no oh well this is our rules but we're St. Helens and we want to be the best so yeah, we want to yeah. be the best and you've got to train harder and longer than anyone else like there's there's none of that and the players are all across it and if if those if anyone oversteps the mark, then it's, you know, the players reported to the RLPA and I, I believe, I'm led to believe there's fines in place. And then right, another point in, in going back to, you know, what, what, what your doctor said or what the doctor said that's on that's on the podcast, I, I've not listened to it. And and this is, you, you, you know, or, or not disputing what he's saying. I, I imagine it all to be, to be truthful and, and and the facts in terms of um okay well twenty headers leads to this you know um this react it leads to a um reduced capacity capacity in short term memory and yeah that's no no one's disputing that okay well that what's the solution okay like you know for, for, I can speak for me in my life and what Ruby Lee's done for me if someone I, I dread to think of what my life would be like without us, without our sport in it. Like, and 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 again, I had a, a pretty pretty good upbringing, and there was other opportunities to try and be successful in other walks of life. But I know for in our sport, you know, for for a lot of people, rugby league is the only way out. Mm. And do you Taking do you take that away? Like people, gonna... like young lads are naturally aggressive. It, it was, for, for, and again, for me, it was an avenue to use that aggression. So, if I don't have that place for me to park it and be like, okay, on a when I'm playing at my amateur team on a Sunday and training and being a boy and putting it all out there and being aggressive, if I don't have that outlet, where do I go? I was, mm. I had the responsibility. Rugby league gave me responsibility. Yeah. As an impressionable yeah. teenager, when I'm hanging around with mates, 
on a mm. not on street corners, but just mucking around, boredom sets in. Mm. There were some choices there that friends made because potentially they didn't have that responsibility. But I knew mm. at, at all points, okay, well, I want to make it for St. Helens. I want to make it. So I'm not going to do that because that's going to be detrimental for my opportunities to make it at St. Helens. And and this isn't say that this, I'm not saying that concussions are okay. I'm, but sport gave me so much and our sport gave me so much that, yeah, can, can it be better? Absolutely. But, but I don't think you should throw the baby out with the bathwater, which I get the feeling that some people are sort of tending to suggest. And, and there's definitely a, a sort of, I don't know what the right word to describe it, but, the, the, these these sorts of stories generate a lot of fear amongst people. So, uh, being a parent now myself, like I'm, I'm concerned about what what my children do. Um, but you know, the, but when stories like this come out, what it does, it, it generates fear and it stops people from being allowed to play our sport. When when yeah. I know that there's so many benefits which aren't talked about, which are just taken as a, a given in terms of the the social aspect of sport, the, the benefits that it gives. Yeah, obviously yeah. the you know the, the cardiovascular exercise, the you know the the life skills, the bonds, the dealing with difficult people, getting on with others, learning how to lose, you know, being a graceful winner, all these different things that sport gives, but. That's not presented, but you yeah. can, you know, if you say, you know, oh, um, playing playing um, rugby under eight is difficult is, is is potentially dangerous. That's going to grab headlines. Okay, well, what's the you know what what happens? Okay, well, I'll just stick my kid in front of a an iPad. Well, okay, well, good luck with that one. Mm. I, uh, I, I'm uh, sorry, mate. I was just going to say I, I'm I'm completely with you on that, and I think um, I'm sort of a bit of an optimist when it comes to um, rugby league as, as the vehicle is. I think that, like I, I completely relate to what you're saying about the responsibility. It was always that sense of drive and purpose and and um, desire to avoid all of those things and to avoid you know, coming off a, a path straight and narrow and, and you know, it, it was it was a goal that, that, that I was always striving for and I enjoyed it and it brought me so much life lessons and I think, yeah. you know, we, we can we can alter the game um somewhat where that you know, we could go into a load of stuff um across mental health, uh, brain health. I think for brain health they needs to probably um, with things put in place where it's it's not left to as much chance as it is now and yeah. it's not left to as much pressure win at all cost mentality I think if it's it's brought to an even playing field with the amount of hours contact that you can do um, mm-hmm. and 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 a, an appropriate measure for um, if someone's suffered a, a proper concussion off the back end I think that's where we're getting to um, but I also think as well Jammer like you, you'll, you'll probably understand that it's it's rugby provides such a um an avenue for for people like for for young people for young men that have anger they don't know what to do with it they don't yeah. know 
you know, they, they, they're con- constantly trying to um, establish and test the masculinity and, mm. you know, there's a, there's a bit of direction and it, it, it filters into a, like say, a made-up game with made-up rules. Um, I also think that, you know, you can make changes for brain health, but also to help on the mental health side of things as well. Um, yeah. I, I imagine you've probably heard about the, the vulnerability thing, um, sessions that Penrith have been doing and, Mm-hmm. Off the back of that, they, they made a grand final, and I've all the experiences um, with with a few uh, teams at, 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 at the Rhinos as well, and how, how beneficial that is to to your mental health, um, to the sort of understanding of, of your own masculinity, and 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 how that sort of sits in with it. Um, yeah, and I think I think there's so many improvements that could be made to to yeah. what is already a great avenue for people after they finish school and for people to strive and, and struggle towards so yeah well, well one one thing to, to, to add on to that and, and again to instead of pointing out all the the, the the problems to try and offer some more solutions and I, I've spoke about this before is um you know you know we have ECG examinations we have med we have physical um you know medical checks done on us um you know, most years, but you know, bringing in a sort of brain MOT, what, not just what, not just while you're playing, but when you finish, and well, like who qualifies? Who qualifies for that? Does everyone that's ever played Super League or NRL, or everyone that's ever been a part of the squad, qualify for that? I, I don't know. Obviously, like it or not, cost is an issue. But I'm sure there's plenty of universities out there yeah, that would be looking for plenty of um, subjects to volunteer. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, we, we we've taught you, you you yourself, mate. You, you you're obviously dealing dealing with the the, the short term effects um, r- r- right now, uh, and I imagine you, you're exploring a, a lot of avenues with the help of Leeds Rhinos to cover you financially um checking in on you all, all those all, all those different things that being a professional brings but you know you, you if you if you fast forward you know f- four years if you if if if, if this was the well not four years well let's let's take someone that's i'm not, I'm not going to name a name but someone that's say been five years retired and they would all of a sudden be like you know, having the migraines and the the mood swings and and, and all these other um, you know, symptoms of um, you know brain injury. Where, where do they turn to? They don't have a club doctor to ring. They you know they they turn to the national health service, and which is a great service, but it's um it's a it's a difficult one, and you know there's. I guess it's not there's, there's, there's so much that there's only probably so much that the game can do, but but I think having the continuous care, a continuous care team, and making it readily available for for, for ex players and um you know whether you would mandate something. I know, I know over over here they have a like could you make it financial? So over here they have a retirement account. So could you put that? As part of the obligation of receiving the money from your retirement account, you have to come to medical checks. Mate, the AFL, what's the AFL, AFL just done with a, like a fund 
they set up a fund or something for people that were suffering brain injuries or yeah I'm I'm I'm, I'm not too sure man I'm not, I'm not yeah. across that but um, mm. I, I, I just I just think I I know speaking to ex-players even when they have things like sh- shoulder injuries or knee injuries that are obviously caused from playing our game they sort of struggle with knowing where to turn to yeah we, but th- th- those sort of things are probably easier to manage and definitely easier to mask. With something like a, a, a brain injury, mate, like you, you, can't, you can't you can't mask a migraine. You can't battle through a migraine. You can't just you know oh put your you know if you have a shoulder injury, you're not just putting your shoulder in a sling or you know icing your knee if you if you've got chronic knee issues with, with the brain injuries. It it'd be difficult to genuinely know like where to turn. Yeah, um, Mate, it's but, it's a reality, isn't it? It's like the way the way you see the world and your, your brain's <laughs> the thing that there's pivotal in that, and it's flipping, it's literally rocking your world. It's not just a bit yeah, of pain. It's, and, and especially that you know the brain injury. If you don't know where to turn, where does that put you into a spin? Like that that would you know be detrimental to what you'd already be suffering. Mate, is it something you think about now? As in, like, because. Willie Stewart was saying, oh, t- to be fair, in defence of Willie Stewart, he was saying he doesn't want to take the big hits out of the game. And uh, he was just saying that the research on football is showing us we don't know what it means with regards to the headers. And it might be that it's not actually a big deal because the memory returns quickly, and but we don't know. And he was also saying he, he's kind of fine with boxing and, and their model. He says, you know, the medical suspension system there works really well. Obviously in rugby league, it, it can't work like that because you have weekly fixtures. So it's just, it's a different sport. Um, but you know he was quite honest, and it was quite hard being on it with Steve. Um, that you know this is the damage you almost certainly will have done, and yeah. like you said, you know you guys you know that going in, whether it's conscious or unconscious, and um, it's a trade off in the sense that you've been both gifted lives you might not otherwise have got, probably wouldn't otherwise have got. But now you've you've you know you finish your career now, and your point where do you think okay, I'm gonna prioritize my brain health are there some new things you're doing or maybe you were doing them anyway like is there diet meditation um even things like learning a second language are meant to help offset dementia and stuff like that is there anything you've looked at yeah that you know what that that that's a really good point is is obviously what, what's done is done and there's, there's no taking that back and i think that's a a, a really great way of, of summarizing it is there is a little bit of trade-off um and and balancing that risk and and reward and you know, the, the, there's risk in a lot of elements of our lives that we um, mm. choose to participate in. Um, you know, a lot. Some people base jump, like you know, obviously there's a huge risk in that, and, and all sorts of things. But that, what you've said there about, I think it's being. I think the yeah, like you say, it's being aware of the potential pitfalls especially post-retirement so you know for me now time on my hands we spoke about the responsibility that that rugby league gives you in terms of okay well it's you know uh, why am I not drinking tonight well because I've got a game tomorrow why am I not you know abusing substances well because I'm bound by water and I'm bound by you know and the code of conduct by my, the team that I play for. So you've got these anchors almost with, within sport. 
and then all of a sudden they disappear. So I think being aware of the um, the bear traps that you can fall into when when you finish playing is is massive. Um, again, speaking to some some friends of mine that some friends of mine that are involved in these circles, um, you know, substance abuse and alcohol abuse is a big no no for obvious reasons. Um, diet and exercise is it, huge, and trying to avoid you know that um, collision based activity. So those are some of the things that I'm I'm really conscious of, um, and and some things that I know are going to sort of stack the odds in my favour in terms of delaying any potential degenerative brain diseases um, coming my way. How how do you how are you dealing with retirement? It's good that you're conscious of that jammer and you're aware of that because I think you know if you're can almost sleepwalk into that stuff, I think. When you you're, can, um, mate. That's right. When, you can. Yeah, when you retire. And, and I'm sort of aware of it. I'm speaking to people about the idea of, of losing. You know, it's loss. I've lost I've lost a career. I've lost my identity. You lose your identity, don't you? Yeah, like, yeah massively. massively. You almost feel like you lose your sense of purpose. And, mm. and especially for you, mate, that's probably a little bit younger than I am. Like, I feel like I'm, I exhausted myself. But you know you, in, and you know not not to make you feel bad or anything. But you're in the primary career, so I appreciate that. Our experiences are, are very very different. So yeah, it's it's like I say, like you know, doing some podcasts, and I'm 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 sort of just like you, sort of aware and conscious of of what it might bring out. And I've spoken to many people in the past about what it's brought out for them, and. Um, the idea that you'd be grieving it and you know, I just had this feeling I had this feeling last night I was just like thinking fuck I'm not going to have that and you, yeah. you mentioned the kickoffs, you know when you come out um, to start a game you've got those nerves you've got the anxiety you've got yeah. the pressure you've got the crowd you know for, for you've got the danger the danger like, yeah mate, I, 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 my, my life used to be dangerous yeah. but now yeah. it, it, it's just it, it, it's not got that same sense of danger. That's I, what it is. I, yeah, it, it's and and we, you know what? Like we spoke about all the dangers of our sport, but as I, I was attracted to that, and I I, I, I was quite like I want to get right on that edge and just look over the edge and be like, yeah, like I'm here and I'm willing to deal with everything that comes with it but now yeah. I'm I'm in the safety zone mm. I feel like you know I'm not having that that week to week like oh someone could really do damage to me here uh, and part of that is pressure as well like not not having that pressure again which was probably looking back I, I was attracted to I, I wanted that that environment I felt like you know it might not have looked like it at times but I felt like I thrived in that in, in that pressure pot yeah it's a constant it's a constant cycle um proving like proving that you're a tough player or proving that you play for your teammate or yeah you know proving that you'll put up a shift in because no matter how many times you do it you well this is what it felt like for me I, I always felt like I had to 
to keep doing it and doing it again. Yeah. You know, like you're only as good as your last game. Um, and every time you come out for that that kickoff, that the, the you know the uh, the first whistle, and you you sort of line up with your team and you, you sprinting those thirty forty meters down to the other side. It's like, all right, we're on. That, we're on, we're on. And after that first collision, you're in. Mate, t- talking about obviously paying the, mo- paying the ultimate price, mm. doing that made me feel alive. Like like I say, it was the be-all and potential end-all. It was the whole, rugby league was the whole thing that it made the, it was the axis upon which my world spun for years. And it, it's it's hard not to have that in my life and and I, I don't necessarily miss the game but I miss that guy I miss being I miss being that lad that was wanting to be out there that wanted that like was willing to pay the ultimate price and sacrifice do have so much sacrifice yeah I, I sort of miss him a, a little bit you know it's, it's it's nice to have this safety and 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 who knows what might come further down the track I just don't know um, but yeah I do miss it this is a really good kind of companion pod to that Willie Stewart one I think in the sense that like you, you make a really kind of compelling case for um, and the that the violence and things like that are actually they're not a byproduct they're almost the allure like it is the danger and I'm sure um, you know but I'm a big fan of boxing and MMA and that that is the product like yeah. there's no getting away from it. And yeah, it's weird. So, I mean, for me, from a fan's perspective, right? Like I enjoy the big hits like you do. And I think everyone does. And, but one thing I don't want is, you know, and this is, I'm not saying this is going to happen at all, but you know, you don't want to see a generation of heroes start degenerating into their fifties and sixties and then be kind of, because I think, those a lot of people aren't there at that point when people are getting into their later lives, and yeah. I almost want it you guys to be protected and to be allowed to be that on the pitch. And I think you've both done yourself a bit of a disservice in saying you don't have the answers because I made a note you made so many good points in this podcast about things which could be done in training or from the kickoff, and that won't take anything away from the product that is the game that we watch, but will protect you guys. Yeah, and um, so. Yeah, I mean that's more of a reflection than a than a question. But the question I wanted to kind of touch on is, you mentioned purpose and identity, and that being rugby league, and like you know, you've you've both got most of your lives ahead of you now. Um, Jamie, you mentioned you want to kind of get into coaching, but what are the purposes, and what like if you're looking at your identity for the next two stages of your life, if you're breaking it by thirty years or whatever, like. What other thing have you thought about? Actually, I want to be known as this, or are there any other passions outside of rugby, or is it actually I want to be known as a great coach? Yeah, it's um, it it's it, that's a good question. Obviously, I've got my my, my two children. They're they're a, they're a big anchor for me, and they're a big um reason not to do things. But but I probably you know. I'm, I, I know I, I need something more than that in terms of a reason not to be making these choices. I need that to be uh, bigger than that because they're going to grow up and they're not always going to be my, you know, I'm not always going to need to be, um, you know, up at the crack of dawn and stuff like that. That That is going to change. So it's not a, it's, it's a short to medium term sort of answer, I guess, or, or reason. Um, 
And, and what what I want from the next chapter, it, it, it's difficult to make a plan for who I am now, for who I want to be. I've always found that, like, because the answer's always been there in terms of, like, I want to be a rugby league player. I want to be a rugby league player. I made it as a rugby league player. I want to be a better one. I want to be a better one. I want more. I want to win this. So, you know, yeah, it's difficult to make that plan for who I want to be because who I am now. I, I know I'm going to change as a person. Uh, I know I'm going to be influenced by different things. I know there's, well, I'm I'm hoping there'll be opportunities come my way that I'm, you know, totally unaware of right now. Um, what I've always thought is that I would um, love to get into coaching. I, I, I love this sport. I'm so incredibly passionate about this sport. Um, so, so at the moment, my, my thing, I think I want to get into coaching. That's what I think I want to do. Um, I believe that, um, I, I believe it's something, yeah, I, I want to do. But again, I know the sacrifice that that, that's going to entail. And I know how much playing rugby league exhausted me. So, I think that's how much I think that's sorry, I think that's what I'm gonna to look to explore and, and, and see if it's something that I actually really wanna do. Um I think it's what I wanna do, but the reality could potentially be different. Yeah. You keep saying exhausted, John, and I, I like that's some of that I've used. I think um I remember we were t- chatting um a little bit on that twenty sixteen camp and it, it were uh, I think that were a bit of a, a time for me, like coming off the back of an ACL and it not quite being right. Um, mm. But I, that's how I, I feel like with the amount of injuries I've had and the amount of comebacks I've had to do, I've probably lived um, a career and a half in, in yeah. what it has been already for me. Um, and I I sometimes think I probably played a bit too hard, to be honest. <laughs> a bit too hard, if anything. A bit embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think sometimes I'm flipping through myself out there too much, and um, but yeah, I, I, I can I can sort of relate to to what you're saying there. Like, do you feel like just the sheer amount of losses, the sheer amount of wins, you know, where you where you've got to by the end of your career, it's like you can you can sort of say, yeah, fuck, I've I've um, I've give it all I've got. Well, I think Matt, a, a way of summing it up, what you've said is like you went all in and mm. and the game that we play um and the lives that like especially you in in terms of dealing with injury you only get to play those games all in and they they take a lot and well they, they take everything you know to to come back from you know career th- threatening injuries to get knocked down to want to get back up to to just be in the room to to be better than the next youngster coming through, to be better than the next foreign import coming over, you've just got to go all in, and so, yeah. you you have no other choice because if you don't, you you'll get found out. Um. So, but yeah, you you pay a price for having that attitude. That you 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 pay a price, and you you reach a point where you just go, I I just can't do this anymore. I've just not got the spirit to to do it. I've not got the energy. I've not got the passion. I've not got the will to to overcome some young punk's will that's going to come out and try and prove a point against me where, you know, four or five years ago, I'd be, be embracing that where now I'd, I'd just fold like a deck of cards. But, 
yeah, it's a, m- m- moving on to the next chapter. I guess at at the moment this, like I say, this safety zone is is relatively new and yeah, it's okay. But I don't know. I might want to stay here for a bit longer and build a house and stay here forever, or I might want to get back amongst amongst it. You know, and you know. You know, move, you know, we Chris spoke about like boxing and MMA. You know, a, a, another question around that 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 sense of purpose and 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 that 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 want of violence is why do so many boxers come out of retirement? Like, why has anyone ever thought about that question? It like is it for money? Like, I'm sure you might have seen the the documentary Broke, where it breaks down. The, the journey that some athletes go on in in terms of financial and you know some boxers are, are their financial aspects are, are pretty well documented but for some boxers that come out of retirement at some what seem like crazy ages you just think like why are you doing that like it doesn't make Denial. any sense yeah you're risking your legacy you mm. you you risk but but now there's something something deeper than that and and a lot of like the general public, it they can't relate. They don't understand. And again, like I I, I put in that general public in terms of people like like doctors that are going to medically advise against it. But it's like, well, no, you need this. Isn't about finance. It's about something greater than that. And again, like these are hard questions to answer for myself moving forward. Do I want to get back into that pressure cooker of and that stress and all the stuff that that's going to bring in terms of being a coach? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's it's a good point you've on there, mate. I was literally speaking mm-hmm. to um, John Bell, who's actually done a, a master's um, and a thesis into vulnerability and rugby league. Uh, Jamal, so I think you'd, you'd have some good discussions with him. He's going to be part of the mentality team. He's going to actually offer counselling, a counselling service too. Um, and he was chatting about um, what he's planning to research or looking into it is that loss, you know, that the loss of the identity, the loss of the, um, the, the the rugby league playing purpose. And, you know, he sort of hinted on the fact that people that come back to play um, rugby league or, you know, the, the boxers that come back five years later, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the five stages of loss, the Kubler-Ross, um, yeah, okay. um, you know, the denial, bargaining, acceptance, um, depression, and, you know, the, the the whirlpool of those. And, you know, maybe you could look at it from that aspect. So I had a, a great chat with him yesterday um, on that, but it might it might be um, worth exploring. It's something that I'm obviously aware of. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds interesting. That, yeah, yeah, I'd like to know more about, like, what goes on in the psyche aspect because it's, it's not just chance. I don't yeah. think it's financial reasons either. Sure. Same. Same. Nice. Yeah. I've heard loads of boxers refer to it and you guys will probably relate to it, but like there's no drug like it, you know, like that walking down and getting in the cage or getting in the ring. And you you just think about some of the characters. And I think you touch on a kind of a, not an uncomfortable truth, but an aspect of human nature, Gemma, that like there are certain, and most in most cases it's men who are by their nature, you know, they have that, and maybe you both relate, um, they just have that warrior, that fighter in them. Like, I don't know if you know the MMA fighter, Justin Gaethje, or he's just, he's reckless abandoned the way he fights. And you just think, 
I can't imagine what he will be like 40, 50, 60 in the sense that like what that inner, not yeah. demon, but that how he, how that comes out, whether he just trains or whether it dampens. And I'm sure a lot of them come back because they think, I don't know where to put this. I've got a, yeah. you know, like there must be other avenues. And Yeah. I, I think as well, like w- with boxing and MMA, it's easier to stage a comeback. But if this if this example is happening in combat sports where the potential for a comeback is available, well, how many times is this happening in rugby league where you get a player that reaches they like they've been out of the game, professional game for four or five years, and then they've got this this inner will is sparked again. They, they don't have the avenues to make a comeback because. Obviously, with boxing, you enter a training camp, and it's all. But you can't. You're not just going to start preseason training with someone yeah. all of a sudden and, yeah. and and make a comeback. So how how do we deal with, with with those personalities? You know, and and if they don't have rugby league as a, as a, as an avenue to come back to, where does that then manifest in society? What what, what you know? What wormholes do they go down? Yeah, and yeah, what, what is outline. the what 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 happens next? Unfortunately, it, it it's sometimes I believe that those yeah the, 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 those people make 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 some um some some rash decisions yeah and 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 obviously yeah some yeah some fatal decisions. It makes me think a lot of Mike Tyson's story, right? His journey. Like, I mean, if you ever think of a more kind of ferocious fighter in the ring and then he had this kind of 10 year period recently where he just seemed to smoke weed and be really chilled out. And he did two Joe Rogan podcasts and they're like literally different human beings. One of them is just like really placid. And then this other one, when the Roy Jones thing, you can tell that fucking Tyson, the animals kind of come out. You know what I mean? Like he's, he was just like, it was almost funny. Like Joe Rogan would make something light and he's like, I'm not joking, Joe. I'm going to kill him. And you're like, Yo, think, he's not I fucking Joe joking. Rogan yeah. said he extended his table in his new um, studio <laughs> in Texas because he didn't want to be that close to the guest after interviewing Mike Tyson. Like, hell, yeah. and I don't the, blame the, him. The, the contrast in person was just, you know, just insane. Mm. But you get it in, don't yeah. you? Yeah, but, 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 it, but if that happens, like, imagine that happening to an extra rugby league player in like now. Like, where, where, where are they? Where are they parking that? All those mm. attributes that they know they've got within them. Where's that going to come out? But likelihood it's going to be involve some criminality. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, like point. drinking drugs can mask it, can't they? For yeah. a bit, or give you certain highs, but it's only that's not going to work long term. Like, or it, no, it will have no, a tragic end. Mm. And that's yeah. not to say either that getting back in the boxing ring is the answer, or getting no, back no, on course, a league yeah. field is the answer. Like, I hope people that are listening don't don't confuse that. That, that you know, that's not justifying or, or trying to. Um, you know, in, encourage people to make comebacks. I, I personally, I, I don't, I don't think that is the answer. But yeah, that's a decision that some people do make, and maybe that's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 27, and uh, I imagine my brain's going to get better. I fucking oh, all my heart that it does. Um, but I wonder if there's a time when I get to 30, 
uh, and that 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 fire is a bit mm. burning. Do you know what I mean? I wonder. I think there's a lot of people in my life that be telling me not to fucking even think about it, and uh, but you, you, I will think. I will think about yeah, it. Yeah, of course you will. Mm, I will think about it, and it's uh, something like that I've got to be aware of. And <laughs> yeah, because you, you 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 can yeah you can get it back. You can get it back the fitness and the physicality of it all. But just yeah. doing more of that. Cause I, does that awaken the animal within that kind of? Because I know. Um, you know, Tyson famously said he wouldn't even touch a bag or go running because that ego kind of gets, sort of takes over. Do, do you feel like if you started doing some stuff against Steve and you felt fine, you'd think, well, okay, now I'm, I can... Yeah, I just think what I'd have to do is is make sure that I just, if I go back to do any sort of rugby, it'd have to be a bit, it'd be, I'd going to say I'd like to go play a bit, touch and pass and do it just for the play of it you know just for the fun of it mm. and like but <laughs> yeah just throwing a show and go out and flipping going through the line <laughs> it might be like fucking hell here we go here we go mate you, you, know? you never you, 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 there's no chance of doing that mate so yeah forget mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about that ever happening mate you, yeah happen. you, you, mate, you might go and help out some underage training <laughs> Um, and, yeah. and you still won't be able to do it so yeah just Boy. forget about that Boris Johnson it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god how good does that be fucking hell I'm back I'm back yeah. fucking hell um, shifting the gear a bit Jammer um, yeah who's your biggest inspiration um, well if there's one guy that isn't afraid to say oh that's what I think is selection policy. <laughs> Team both of them. Because yeah, but not, but not, say. But you know, not not in the in the the, the cricket realm. It could be could be yeah. sporting, you know, the rugby. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. podcasting, yeah. Or yeah. the podcasting world if if you had to. So someone who does a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone you you know, you never played with, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That you'd want to play with sometime. I don't know. Just can I say Stephen Chris or oh, that's... Oh, wow, that's... strong role model? Can't we... uh... Yeah, put can't... Wow, can't really... can we put that? I don't know. If we, we can put that. Yeah. yeah, we'll put that. We'll put that. Um, just must write that down for you. All right. Well, are you, re- are you reading these? <laughs> Am I what? <laughs> Am I what? I put it down there if it's yeah. if it's obvious. I should have I should have mentioned that like you know all about the comeback. Our, our, our greatest glory <laughs> is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. So, <laughs> mate, there's so many moments where it's actually been quite serious, and I've had one. And I just think I can't. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about not, quite a yeah, serious topic. To, yeah. Restrain yourself. <laughs> Do you know what you yeah. said? Do you know what you said earlier. I don't even know if you caught it, Jammer. You said, you know, I don't know if you know, I don't have to wake up at the crack of dawn. And in male. <laughs> 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 oh, they're subconscious. Any male? Not as bright as dawn. Not quite uh, as bright. <laughs> but Jammer, I'm flipping. I'm out of time now. I must. I have to get on the. Uh, I have to get the train to Harrogate and go do a bit of neurofeedback, which is something that may help my brain. 
Mate, yeah. I know you, I know how many hours away you eat. I've been 40 <laughs> hours this week. Um, Maybe you should call ahead. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call ahead. <laughs> oh fucking hell. Well, it's been good. I, I reckon I reckon there's there's fucking a few more episodes to be honest. Um Definitely, mate. It'd be cool to check in and see how yeah, some yeah. of those questions which we left open about post rugby, how yeah. um yeah. Yeah, definitely and, and see, you know, maybe maybe we've come a bit of a bit of a way when uh, within rugby league with the brain stuff and, and some stuff have been put in place and it'd be good to, to see where we're at and, and catch up yeah. mate. but like ho- hopefully at? like you know we, we spoke about problems some potential solutions but let's see if there's some progress you know mm. um, whether it's with biomarkers whether it's for post-concussive medication um, stuff like that I'm, I'm re- to be honest I spoke to a few people in the field and I'm, I'm really excited about where we can go obviously just um, you know, it needs time. Um, obviously, with COVID sort of overtaking everything, hasn't it? So, yeah. um, things about um, you know, um, you know, degenerative brain diseases have sort of taken a a bit of a backward step, amongst other things. So, um, hopefully, now this is out of the way, um, some of the, the best people in the fields can, can get back to work and. Um, help people like us um, still play the game that we love and um, protect ourselves um, you know, before, during and after. That's it, mate. That's it. A few quick fire ones, Dammer. Um I've got a bet on Everton getting top four, right? Are they going to do it? Oh, the, uh, the heart says yes, the head says no. Did I know I want to hear that? <laughs> um, what's your favourite TV show? Not The Office. Uh, favorite TV show, not The Office. Um, Alan Par- I'm Alan Partridge. That's... Cool. What are you listening to at the moment? Um, Joe Rogan mainly. Yeah, that's that's the sort of go-to. Um, listening to a bit of Dan Carlin, some horrible history stuff. Oh, they're class, mate. The World War One is amazing. That one. Is it? Yeah. Uh, what, I forget that. Get the name of it, Blueprint for Armageddon or something. It's amazing. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, um, yeah. Listening to a bit of, um, I, I do enjoy a bit of Bill Bear as well. Um, mm. uh, a bit of Huberman Lab, like Huber, Huberman Lab, which is pretty good. So, yeah, different podcasts for different needs. <laughs> good stuff, mate. Um, also, UK. And in what context? Living. To live in well god don't know again uh if don't know thing. wasn't an option <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to some extent what was, what was the question again <laughs> oh i'm gonna leave don't, that yeah we'll move uh, on from that one yeah <laughs> give us a quick rundown then final one of what does a day in the life look like now um day in the life okay so uh, I get up when I want, uh, except on Wednesdays when I get rudely awakened by the dustman. Uh, put my trousers on, have a cup of tea, uh, think about leaving the house, and then I'm pretty much happy for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's, That's brilliant. That, that's it. That's done.